Hey everybody, welcome back for another episode. Today I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with Kristen Naini from Realware, where we discuss the Realware Assisted Reality lineup, their new 520W thermal camera, and a little bit about CES as well. Enjoy and hit that subscribe button for all the latest in emerging technologies and business. Hello tech friends, and thank you for tuning in to Emerging Technologies and Business, where we take a deep dive into different technologies that are impacting businesses today and in the very near future. I'm your host, Brock Reiney, and this podcast is brought to you by Kincannon XR. Let's talk tech. Kristen, I have to jump down a little bit of a rabbit hole first, because of course I'd like to learn a little bit about my guests before they come on the show. And one of the things I noticed about you is that we share a very similar history. Um, we both have worked in the cell phone world for many, many years, and some of those being our early years of our career. And I wanted to ask you if you can remember, what was the very first cell phone that you sold? And if there was any sort of just device that you hated to see come back when a customer had an issue with, because I did. I figured it's gotta be the same for you. Oh, I'm curious to hear yours. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, back down memory lane in 2000, I think we were still selling the StarTac, the Motorola StarTac. You had to put the whole oh card, the card in the phone. And those were phasing out. We were trying to start to understand what Bluetooth was and what was coming. And I remember at the time, there was two phones that stuck out in my mind. One was an Ericsson, not even Sony Ericsson yet, but it was just, just Ericsson. Just Ericsson, this plastic wow. blue phone. It looked like something you would find in a toy box of a child's <laughs> you know, toy chest at the bottom. It was this candy blue, and I think it was called the T28. And that was like the baller phone because it was a world phone. And that right. was very exclusive. And then I remember after that, you know, the 5190, that Nokia, you know, it was called different things in different parts of the world, but that Nokia was like the bread and butter. It, it was finally a phone that had service, which is really all we cared about back then. <laughs> and I remember if anyone else watching this was here back then, either had this phone or sold this phone, it always had this problem where the connectors in the back would wear off and you would have to tear half of your business card and fold it in half and wet <laughs> it underneath the battery for it to get this like solid connection so it would even power stay powered on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm literally in that same boat, right? So um, I think it was anything made by Trio just drove me up a wall because they used to have the ability to put them phone or phone by phone, right? And have uh, some sort of scanning where they would go together. I can't remember. It wasn't Bluetooth at the time. I think it was infrared of all things, right? So you'd have to line them up separately from each other to try to move contacts or emails. And of course, you know how it is. You're, you were always dealing with somebody who had 50,000 contacts and you know their money cost or their their time costs a billion dollars a second. It's usually how that ended up working. Oh, before the cloud. What did we ever right. <laughs> Purely before the cloud. In fact, uh, so I, I actually worked out here in Irving. I'm from Texas and I worked with Jerry Jones who owns the Cowboys. His assistant would come in all the time. And Jerry Jones was a a razor person. He would not change off of this razor no matter what he did. And eventually he tried to go to an iPhone back when they were brand new and everything. And uh, it was hilarious. He, he lasted a week and then he went right back to his razor, but we couldn't get all the contacts back onto it. So he just called Motorola and they sent him one that could hold a hundred thousand contacts. Wow. You know, when you got pull like that, I guess when you got that type of money, you can make those types of calls. I mean, I 
we sold phones in a very small town in, uh, it was called Pismo Beach, California. I don't know if anyone's ever been there. Bugs Bunny likes to reference it in cartoons. But oh. um, Chuck Liddell, I remember he's a fighter and he was one of my customers. And of course, I didn't know anything about that at 18 years old. Like, I didn't know who he was. He was so nice. And I remember he was like one of my only sports customers I ever had. So not as cool, but he was super cool. And I Still remember- Still pretty darn cool. I feel like almost everybody who's gone through the cell phone world though has one of those people that they've met over their time, right? Just because pure just habit of going through so many customers, eventually you're gonna run into somebody and you may not even recognize them the first time. Did you recognize Chuck the first time? No, I didn't know anything. You had no idea, right? And it's funny because that's such a good point, you know? There was no shopping online at that point right. for a phone. And I remember like people were very, it was like a long process to sell a cell phone back then. Um, and, and everyone was just starting to get their first round of phones. So yeah, I mean, there was no, you know, e-commerce to buy your cell phone. So we got to see everyone because everyone needed it. So yeah, good point. <laughs> Well, I don't want to go too far down the lane of talking just cell phones. Obviously, we got a lot more stuff and a lot better things to talk about. So, Kristen, I'm super familiar with with RealWare. I use it all the time, so I probably have a leg up on most. But for our audience members who may not be as familiar with this ruggedized assisted reality wearable device, do you mind just giving a quick overview of what you think would be the, uh, the highlights to tell them about it? Yeah, I mean, I've got mine right here. If anyone has never seen one, it's, you know, I've got a headband on mine, so it comes with a work band in it. But I thought I would just have it next to me to show you. Um, so, yeah, jump from, you know, cell phones to wearables to now this device. And it's really, you know, when I first started working here, it did take me a, a second to hop from going from this consumer space of phones and then going to VR to go to this because it's such a different solution. It's solving such a different problem than anything I'd ever been used to. So I think when people see this, especially after going to CES, I noticed this, people see this and they're like, they, they're wearing it wrong, of course, right off the bat, or they have it right in front of their eye because they see this eyepiece and they just assume it should just cover your eye. <laughs> right. You really don't get it until you see somebody wearing it right, which that's why I usually bring two. And then you can see my eyes, I can do whatever I need to do. So in my in my own words, this product is really solving a few things. One is it's specifically meant for people who have industrial frontline jobs. These are not the customers that I'm normally talking to face to face, you know, coming from retail. It's customers that do really tough jobs. They're either working in oil and gas, they're out in the field, they're hundreds of feet up in the air working on a wind turbine or in a factory. And these guys need tools to either help them do their job more safely or more efficiently. And so what this does is it gives them assisted reality. It's like when you're driving your car and you glance down and you have your you know, a heads up display or you have your gas gauge and your mileage and all your stats, you know, at your glance. This is like that for the industrial worker. They can glance down and get information or instructions or help from an expert without having to hold something or having to, you know, glance down and maybe lose their balance or, you know, focus on something different. It's just kind of sitting in their peripheral. So in my opinion, it's, it's doing those things safety and more efficiently working. 
And I will definitely tell you, uh, when I first put it on, uh, I did the same thing that everybody else did. I immediately put that thing right in front of my eye. And then the more and more I utilized it, for me, I think everybody has a different place where it's comfortable. I like mine like slightly below the eye line, kind of like right here to where I'm just looking down and peering up. Just like, yeah, exactly. So the whole idea is like, I don't want to have it in my eye line. And I think that's what makes it crazy safe is that, like you were saying before, it keeps your hands completely free, but you're not losing any peripheral vision if you're wearing it correctly. The other thing I see people doing all the time, especially at CES, is they'll put it right up to their eye and then they close this other eye like it's going to help with something. But I think we're all used to those old optometrist appro or like appointments that we went to. It's like, okay, close one eye, now do this. But I think it's just a matter of getting used to it. And the more that you utilize it, it really becomes a seamless part of your day-to-day -day aspect. And you're absolutely right that oil and gas, um, automotive, anybody who needs heavy-duty style of uh, help like that, there's no there's no love loss anymore. And there's no longer that – you don't have the immersion that VR brings into the problems that now you have an assisted reality machine that really helps you get any of the information that you need without leaving whatever you're doing and running back to a computer or – asking for help. I'm a big fan of real wear. And I think that was one of the biggest things I wanted to talk to you about was this new thermal camera that's come out. One of the other cool things about real wear is that the cameras are hot swappable. The batteries are hot swappable. Tell me about the new camera. I I've not gotten to play with one yet. I'll tinker, I'll, you know, I'll ping you on the side afterwards, get me one to come play around with, and I'll take plenty <laughs> of photos with it, obviously. But yeah, tell me all about it, Chris. I want to, I want to learn more about it. I think you made a really good point too. Um, and I, and I think it kind of goes with the name also, Realware, before I get into the thermal. I tried a bunch of stuff at CES. I know we're going to talk about CES in more detail, but man, there were so many smart glasses at CES. Oh, and yeah? Course, you know, after influencers that were with us posted stuff online, there was a lot of buzz about, you know, why don't you just use a HoloLens or Google Glass or what's the difference? And it's, it's so funny because... We, it, it, there's a lot of products that aren't really quite there yet. I'm not going to name any of them, but there's just stuff that's still in a lot of concept stage, especially in the VR space, especially with translucent glasses. Um, and I think the great thing about this is, it, I mean, it's very rugged. First of all, you're not going to bring Google Glass in these scenarios, and you're not going to be in a situation where you can be in full VR immersive when you're climbing hundreds of feet up on a wind turbine repairing a blade. Right. This is solving something very specific. But the thing is, when you glance down on that side, the screen is just there looking like you're holding a tablet. It's not like you're going to have to be in a certain angle to see it just perfect in the right lighting and all these circumstances that might might be, you know, might not be perfect where this is just literally like you're holding a tablet without your hands. Right. Side note to that. Yes, we just come out with a the thermal camera. So it will pop right off the device. So I replaced my out-of-box camera with this thermal camera, which is so tiny for a thermal camera. Yeah. Completely hands-free. So because it has a modular camera hardware interface, you can just pop in a camera uh, that you want to use. I love that. Replace it. Super easy. Um, but we did get a lot of feedback at CES, which is where the first time we really showed it. And thermal is kind of new to a lot of us here at Realware, except for, of course, the people that make the decisions and really run the ship. They've been working with thermal for years, and they completely understand it. We're all just coming on board the first time to the thermal train. 
So I got to learn a lot about thermal from a lot of different people telling me about use cases that they could use their existing thermal hands-free now with it being on the navigator. So, I mean, I don't, I know you just said you don't have one yet, but they just came out. And a lot of use cases I'm hearing for this is, especially in manufacturing, in the food industry, doing inspections, wiring, making sure that everything is safe. So it's, it's able to pick up those types of things with the thermal sensor, the thermal camera. So instead of holding, you know, a handheld device or maybe something that's very, very expensive, you could get the job done with this instead. I could see that also working for any sort of like insulating companies or anyone who has to go pull up cold spots in anything. Um, the amount of money and time, I, I just see this being such an easy thing to be incorporated. And the headsets themselves are, you know, in the $2,500 range. It's not like you're breaking the bank here to incorporate a handful of these for your guys that are out in the field. The thermal side just really adds extra layers to it. Um, now, real weird, remind me, it's 95 dBs of noise cancellation. And then yeah. what's the general battery life? Yeah, so we're uh, uh, actually 100 decibel of sound now, which means 100. they work in super loud environments. So when people throw out, you know, why don't you use something else like your phone or, you know, another device, that's another thing that really sets this apart. Um, and also, if you've never seen one before and you, you have never seen a video of a RealWare product, the voice on it is so good. It's so responsive. That's actually what made me want to come work here is that not only is it really, really responsive, but it works in basically any scenario I bring it into because of the noise cancellation. Uh, your second question, I already forgot what it was. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Well, one other thing I wanted to bring up too, you said like it's really not hard to see on the on the monocle, right? So for those that don't know at home, it recreates the same thing as a seven-inch tablet. And for myself, so I wear contacts on a daily basis. I don't have to wear my contacts while using real wear. If that gives you any idea how easy it is to see, I don't have terrible vision or anything, but I wear contacts when I drive and I'm even wearing them now. But a lot of the times when I'm working with my real wear device, it's still clear enough to me to be able to see it progress forward, which that's a big deal. Um, I can't do, I can't say the same thing if I'm using an Oculus or a HoloLens or anything like that, because the eyeline is so close and because it represents such a big screen versus where it is on my eyeline. I don't have to. Uh, that was something that was pretty impressive to me. I was like, okay, I can do it with and without contacts. That's kind of nice. Yeah, they're definitely all solving different problems. Like, you know, I I always, every time I see a product that works, it's actually meaningful innovation. Like, I never want to, I never want to knock it because it's solving a solution that's not what we're focused on, and that's great too. But for these specific circumstances, yes. And I will have to say, the new one that came out, this one that I have here, the five twenty. So the 520 has a larger screen. It's 20% bigger. So if you thought that the first version was easy to see, this one is way easier to see because wow. of the size of the screen. So it is even larger than, you know, that seven inch experience. We're not even saying that anymore. It's just basically like holding up whatever size you want to be looking at in your, in your right. hands. And you basically see it the same. You're just using your voice instead of your hands to swipe the screen. And I think that's the biggest thing is when people really get a chance to utilize it themselves, 
a lot of people are really tentative about voice dictating and, and moving forward with it until they try it. And then they try it and they're like, oh, you just have to take a pause. If you take a pause and you say it clearly, it's going to work almost every single time. Um, I've had a lot of luck with it. And I think the more folks will try it, the further they're going to see that, yeah, this is something that we could very quickly adapt and bring into our workplace. So speaking of that, really, um, I know we talked about utilizing real wear in automotive and oil and gas. Is there any really unique use case that you've seen where they've included real wear in? It's just changed everything that they've done. Oh my gosh. There's, there's two that stand out and it's, it's kind of a bummer because some of our companies that we work with, we can't say who they are, but I'll give you some, some hints. Um, one that always stands out because it's so unique, and of course, we never, you know, we never thought that this would be a, a use case, is that uh, one of the biggest bottling plants slash snack food companies during COVID, um, they were always flying out the rabbis to do kosher certification of their products. And this is a food manufacturing company, of course. So, you know, that's a whole trip. That's planning. He would have to come out and just do the inspections and certifications. And during COVID, no one was allowed in the factory except for essential frontline workers. So they were going to have to have a lot of problems holding on to getting that certification redone and possibly extending the ones they had. Instead, they actually used the device, did the inspection with RealWare, and had the rabbi do the kosher certification being remote. And that's pretty unique because we do see, you know, a shift of people traveling, whether they're allowed to travel again, or they just think traveling is getting a little bit annoying now in the new era. Like I know after COVID, it's not as fun as it used to be. I really hope it goes back to the way it was, but man, delays and lack of staff and bags missing. So people are really conscious about this for two reasons, one for personal and one for finance, but there's so many use cases where it takes a long time for somebody to get out to where they need to be. Like, we have customers that work in vessels in the middle of the ocean that have to have a helicopter come in, landing pad on the helicopter, on the ship. And these people are staying on ships for three weeks at a time. And it's very exclusive who could be on there. So having this device do remote access to anybody back where they need to be to either get guidance or do inspections is saving so much on time and travel. So I think that that stands out the most to me in my mind was the rabbi and just all the cost savings for traveling. And not even that, and not even just that, but even now companies have become, they're really tightening their belts on how much pollution they're creating with nonsensical flights and things like that. Um, we're definitely seeing a huge turn in that world. Um, before I move away from RealWear and talk anything CES, was there anything that I ever got to bring up? I mean, I think I think you, you covered everything. Nailed it basic yeah and you know and you know this better than anybody i mean you know exactly what it does i think just lastly if anyone's ever looking to you know try out realware or make a application for realware always keep in mind with voice technology anything you use your voice for always needs to be more simple right i mean who is going to want to speak in total full-on paragraphs with multiple steps with their voice. It's all about keeping it simple and keeping it real. So always think about who you're creating for and who you're, who you're selling it to. Absolutely. And the, and the right device fits the right need. I think sometimes a lot of the folks in the XR world, 
just want to get the shiniest toy to utilize for whatever their need is. And that's not always the right fit. I'm sorry, a, a HoloLens 2 in an industrial environment is not going to last long. I'd rather have something that I could chuck across the room like the RealWare device that's going to be made for that specific scenario um, and vice versa. There's going to be places, yeah, there it went. It's gone for forever now. I used to do that back in the stores with OtterBox cases, throw people's phones around. Terrible. Not not the greatest thing in my not the proudest moment, but it happened. So I got to ask you, you were at CES this year, and I don't want to take too much of your time there, but I always like to ask everybody. So we saw flying cars. We saw cordless and remoteless TV screens. Was there one thing that really stuck out to you this year at CES or a few things that stuck out that were just like, this is amazing? Did you go? I did not this year. I plan to go this following year. If I can get our subscribers up to a thousand total, please subscribe. Uh, I'll be there next year. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a good one because I, I always have this like internal conflict with CES. For those of you who have been, you know, for more, you know, more times than you can count, it's always like this combination of, okay, random idea, where the heck would you use that? And then this concept of like, wow, that's really useful. That's really meaningful. I can see that changing the world or changing the way we do things. And for me, I'm always way more amazed by things that actually work and are actually solving something that's tangible versus, man, maybe I'm not such a good tech nerd, not in the way future, because for me, it's a little bit hard to believe in things that I don't know if they're going to really come in my lifetime or have a use for. So with that said, my answer is going to probably be not very exciting to you, but it was exciting to me. I saw this yeah, device yeah. there. <laughs> I saw this device there that is uh, solving a problem that is for people that have limited hand and arm mobility. And I love this wearable side that is taking away hurdles for people that have to overcome personal things in their own lives. So anything related to health. Um, and this device was so, it was, it's solving such a small problem, but in the, in the scheme of things, it's so meaningful. It was this device that actually put on your makeup for you. <laughs> okay. But it was made by L'Oreal. And this is the point that I want to make. Even companies like makeup, even companies like water, whatever it may be, that's something you don't even think about how they're going to be advancing with technology in the future, stepping up and showing how they're going to change the way we do things in ways that are totally out of the box, in ways that we've never even thought of. And that's what really hit home for me there is something so maybe insignificant to somebody else. But to me, it was, wow, there's probably a lot of people out there that struggle with, you know, hand and arm mobility, whether it be an accident or whatever has happened in their lives. And it's something that probably gets them down and they have their moments like we all do where, you know, you're just not able to do things as somebody else might be able to. And I'm seeing a lot more of that coming to the market. And it's like you said, it's not just like a polished shiny toy or something else just to get, you know, a new investor. It's something that actually is going to change the way we behave or the way, you know, somebody lives their life. And I love that we're going in that direction with wearables. And I think it's only going to go further and further. I love that, by the way. So that's the reason why I like to ask everybody, because everyone takes something different away from CES, right? It not necessarily doesn't always have to have something to do with your past or your future. It could just be a memory from childhood or something where you've experienced something in the last couple of years. And like that was the main takeaway. 
that's the beautiful part about it is like you said, there's tons of toys, but they don't always come to fruition. Right. Um, and who knows, maybe the, the makeup thing doesn't come to fruition either. We don't know, but it's really cool to see and that somebody wanted to solve that issue. And that's my favorite part about tech, right? Is that it gives you so many different avenues to go that if you can just think a little bit outside the box, there's probably someone who's going to find what you created to be astounding. Don't judge me, everybody watching this. That was my no. real answer that came to mind. <laughs> hey, I think that's great, honestly. Um, and Kristen, I appreciate you sharing the insights with us too. Um, that's really the questions that I have for you. I do want to obviously say thank you for being on the show. If our audience wanted to reach out to you to learn a little bit more about Realware or even to talk CES, what's a good place for them to reach out to you and find you? Oh, I love LinkedIn. Yeah, you could share the link to my LinkedIn or my name is Kristen Naini. I think there's just one of me out there, uh, Kristen with an E-N and I work for Realware, all one word. And please connect. And if you do have any questions or if any of these topics sparked a little, you know, memory or interest with you, I'd love to chat. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, I also want to thank our sponsors of the show, King Cannon XR. Thank you for sponsoring our podcast. You can also find them at King Cannon XR and you can find our show on socials as well at ETIB podcast. If you liked this episode, check out another one that's going to pop up here shortly. And of course, like and subscribe so that I can see Kristen at CES next year, person to person. Uh, with that, hope everybody is having a great day. I've been your host, Brock Reining, and we're going to talk some more emerging tech next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.